we showcase stories of inspiring professionals while highlighting the universal principles of success. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by attorney Sharifa Tharp. Sharifa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, I'm excited about uh, showcasing your story and learning more about you. For our podcast listeners, I want you to know a little bit about Sharifa's background. Attorney Sharifa Tharp is the daughter of wonderful Jamaican immigrants. She's now a Florida-based attorney who runs a nationwide immigration practice at ST Law Office, dedicated to helping clients to gain permanent residence and status in the United States. She graduated with her JD from the University of Minnesota Law School and a Master of Laws in Taxation from the University of Florida. Sharifa, tell me, what inspired you to become an attorney? Okay, so I hope you have the time for this because this goes back when I was like 12 years old. So um, I was going to high school in Jamaica, Montego Bay, Jamaica. And uh, the first time at that time, I took it very seriously about what I was going to do when I grew up. And so I was ready for that question on the first day of class where they introduce all the students. And so the teacher made me stand up, introduce myself, and she asked that question. What do you want to do when you grow up? And um, as a young child, I uh, gobbled up documentaries about animals and about human rights issues and about the environment. So I was very interested in those issues at the time. And so I got up and I said, I'm going to be a zoologist. I'm going to be a vet. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. (laughs) And by that point, everybody is just laughing at me. And at the time, I was so proud of myself. And in my mind, I was just thinking, it's okay. I'm I'm going to prove you guys wrong. Mm. So every year, every single year, Throughout high school, I did that. And every single year, people laughed. Uh, but I didn't care at the time. I, I just uh, didn't care. But, you know, as I matured and I went on to college, I started to really think about how I was going to, where I was going to focus my career. And I was still very interested. By that point, I was very interested in human rights and immigration issues because you know, I'm the child of an immigrant. I'm the wife of an immigrant. I myself have gone through the immigration process. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I started to, to realize that all of these issues that I'm concerned about requires advocacy. And so I decided that I was going to narrow it down to law because that's where I could really learn how to become an advocate for these issues. Any kinds of issues that I cared about that I wanted to fight for, I could do it by being a good advocate. And so that's how I decided from I was 12 years old up until the point of college that I was going to pursue law. Wow. Um, I love the story and I love the, de- I love the details. Because I, <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I'm picking up from you is you looked at what, was, what, had, what, what did all of those ambitions have in common and yes. what, what was that common denominator 
um, of that was related to everything. And you said it was advocacy. Exactly. And, um, and I think that's such a great lesson for parents or for children to think, to think about, you know, even for college students, sometimes they're going through their college career and they're wondering, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And they might have a, a number of ambitions like, similar to you of things that they want to do, but it's difficult to decide. And maybe that, that, that insight that you just shared of what's, what's the common element present in every single one of their passions and ambitions. That's right. Because I realized that I liked to fight for things, you know, fight mm. for issues. And that's what I wanted to do. So you are very much correct on that. Yes. Perfect. Now, well, what do you enjoy most about uh, being an attorney? So um, I practice immigration law. And so I get to work with people like me, you know, um, I enjoy connecting with them. Uh, I am a better advocate for them because I understand their issues. I've been in their shoes. And while I'm fighting for them, while I'm helping them to get through complex a complex process or tough times, I can also, I know what to say to them. I know how to encourage them. Uh, and so it, it is very meaningful to me as an attorney to be able to connect with my people in that way. Yes. I appreciate you saying that because there is something about talking to an expert who doesn't just know what's best, but they can they they know the emotional experience of what it's like um, to be on and to be in in, in to, to need the help to need the support and you've mentioned your immigrant your 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 parents um, were, were immigrants you mentioned um, spouse as an immigrant yeah. and you mentioned you going through the immigration process yourself so the idea that you've been through it you know what it's like firsthand experience and you can um, connect and relate to the people who are going through it now. That's right. Yep. Uh, because, you know, the, it's, it's a tough thing. And I think, um, you know, just being able to connect in that way, and it also encourages me to, to take that extra step. I think that's why I am a good immigration attorney, because, uh, you know, it's not just a profession for me, but I have that personal touch. You know, I speak with my clients on a regular basis. I make sure I give them updates. Because I remember even uh, before I was an attorney, I was looking for an attorney and I didn't get that connection um, with my attorney. As a matter of fact, after I hired him, we didn't have any kind of connection after that. And I felt like I was in the dark, mm -hmm. you know? So with my clients, I always remember that. And so I implement systems in my law firm that promote a personal touch as well. Yes, I love that. You know, naturally, no, no person wants to be left in the dark. But I, but I appreciate that you can harness that negative experience you had, but then to, to turn that and to make it a strength for your law firm and the experience that you deliver to people. I think that's, that, that's special to be able to do that. Yes, for sure. Now, uh, to tell me what, what's been one challenge you faced as an attorney that you have overcome? Fair. So, um, you know, I always had strong emotions, um, a strong stand 
against issues or for issues. Um, but as I stepped uh, into my career as an attorney and I, I took control of my, my career, I started a law firm. I had that fear. And because of that, I was like the best kept secret <laughs> in the, you know, in my area. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew I was there. Um, nobody knew how good of an attorney I was. Nobody knew what I had to offer. And, and that the, it was the fear of putting myself out there to let people know the value that I have, that I mm -hmm. can offer them a solution to their problem. And so with some work, you know, uh, through mentorship programs, through um, uh, programs that help with mindset, mm. I'm able to not overcome the fear, but work, move ahead, despite the, the fear. Mm. And because of that, I think it, it has offered, it has created growth for my law firm. Mm. And it has that fulfillment too, because... Uh, clients are able to to understand because I the way I put myself out there I I am the the law firm the head of the, the law firm right mm -hmm. I created my law firm so really uh, the way people learn about me is through me mm -hmm. and so now when I put myself out there in videos in um, you know through different marketing uh, type events, people can learn about me and understand that I'm there to provide them value. They can understand that I know about their issues mm -hmm. as well. And so I think that one thing that I, I was able to get past was the fear. And sometimes even as I grow, that fear is still there, but I have learned to work despite that fear. Mm, yes. And, and, and again, even putting yourself out there, I mean, I, I feel like this counts right now. You're putting yourself out there with um, some guy, some guy who reached out to you on Instagram and uh, <laughs> yes, and the idea of you facing that fear. I mean, you're, I feel like you're doing it right now. You know, you're, you're putting yourself out there, having a conversation yeah. with a That's, stranger. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's funny because so many people have underestimated me. So, um, you know, many times, even from I was young and I said, I'm going to be a lawyer, I uh, was a very shy child, you know. Mm -hmm. And so uh, even to the point where I would confide in individuals before I actually went to law school, I'd confide in them that I'm going to be a lawyer. Um, they would say, huh, I don't know about that. You don't seem mm -hmm. like the lawyer, type, you know, and. Uh, it, it's things like that that also created the fear that has yeah. able to overcome. But that's that's right. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's that um, being a shy child and then being able to to out of necessity to push forward mm -hmm. and um, and put myself out there. So you're yeah. right. Yes, yeah. yes. No, I, and I 100 percent relate to even the amount of doubters each of us, myself included, have to overcome to to succeed. You know, it, it is. And it's it's unfortunate, especially like that when it comes from friends and family and people that we love and that and it's even crazier when they love us. And it's like, how could you if part of me goes, how could you doubt me when you actually care about me? Like how how did those things go together? In, in my head, I'm always thinking, 
I want people who care about me to believe in me like not just just care about me without the belief. I want for me, I, I want both of those things. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes they do it to protect you. They yes. think they're protecting you from disappointment. But what I have learned is that disappointment is a part of the journey. Failure is a part of the journey. And, you know, not everyone knows that. Not ever. And it has taken work on my side to understand that because even going through law school, I have been a perfectionist. I have wanted to put it out there as if I'm a perfect, a perfect person, you know, uh, but I've, I've learned through having my own practice and the struggles of uh, being a law firm, owning a business that you can't do that to learn, to grow. You have to fail. You have to be, you know, going through disappointments. Yes. And so, but yeah, but, but ironically, you know, you have to get past that with you. I guess you have to, you have to disregard what other people think about you, what they'll say to you, because yeah. sometimes they're just trying to protect you right. and they're protecting you from something that's supposed to make you grow. Even as a mother, you know, even as a mother, I tend to do that and I, I'm more conscious of it. But you just tend to think you don't want your child to be heartbroken. So, you know, you you tend to want to protect them from something. But, you know, if you encourage, if you you let them, you'll be supportive, let them go in the direction they want to go as long as it, you know, doesn't kill them, of course. <laughs> <laughs> as long yes. as you make that direction and, and learn the lesson themselves, guarantee that's going to take them far. Yes, I appreciate that. I appreciate you relating that on a couple of levels um, on the receiver side, but also on the other side of it as the mother, um, how you've been there the, um, that also can sometimes we can um, on that side of it, we can project our, you know, our fears to want to um, help other people avoid um, yes. pain. But, but yeah. yet we, we know, like you said earlier, there's so many lessons that we find right in the pain and in the failure that help us to, to grow and move forward, uh, for sure. I, I, you, you reminded me of a, of a small story. I, I, I've never really been into skateboarding, but one, one day when I was in college, my friend told me, took me out skateboarding with him. And the first time I fell, I remember he told me, you know, he said, Hey, now that you've fallen once, you know, it's not that scary. And it, yeah. it reminded me of what you were saying though, about when you face those, those failures, you know, they they, they can help you grow. And sometimes it's just in confidence. Hey, I made a mistake and I didn't die. I'm still here yeah, and, exactly. I, and, I can, and I can move forward. Those are some of the best lessons. Mm -hmm. Yes. What is one common challenge you've seen other attorneys face? And what do you think is a great solution to that challenge? So I think balance, right? Um, and balance in different ways. So balance, uh, balancing time balancing uh, work and play, val balancing clients and family. I find that's a, a big struggle that I face and I hear it time and time again with other attorneys. And I just think um, that because there's this culture of perfectionism in the legal field, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's not as attorneys, there's not that support, you know, there's, 
Uh, there's, I think, lawyers, um, concern for lawyers. I think there's that organization. But there's, it, there's not this open dialogue about um, that. It doesn't allow, we, we don't have that permission to be vulnerable around each other. You constantly have to be thinking about what's the other attorney going to think about me? Um, is this going to spread among the legal community? And so, um, you know, other than yoga and breathing exercises, I think we need we need a little more support in that area uh, on balancing. And it's okay. It's it's okay to struggle with that. It's okay to admit it, and it's okay to address those issues. And I think it also goes back to destigmatizing. Um, imperfection. Mm. I think that is the the pinpoint problem in our in our legal uh, field. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, it's the listening to you say it reminds me. I, I've interviewed whatever forty five to fifty five attorneys, and you know, um, in and and hearing that but but i appreciate the way you framed it as the destigmatizing the perfectionism or the imperfection um that that we all have you know and because you you captured it the um to to, to maintain i'm just imagining the stress needed to sustain a perf a, a perfect image it's overwhelming Yes, yes, it is. And sometimes it stops an attorney from getting help when they need it because they think about what is what's gonna come out, what how is this gonna spread among my colleagues? Yes. Is this gonna from getting referrals? Uh and so that's that's right. You mm. you know, I think that is it, you know, and support more support. Um and just I don't mean like just create um imperfection um anonymous you know <laughs> i'm just saying create a safe space where when we're together it's okay just it's a cultural it's going to be a cultural change over time mm -hmm. but i i think that's where the change has to occur it's just in the culture in general it's it's okay mm. you know yes yes I can totally see how even uh, social media can amplify some of that with the perfectionism that can be, you know, you, you know, you can, you can, you can uh, crop the, the, the pictures, you can get the color just right, the lighting, you know, there's so many ways that we can, um, we, that, that, uh, that people can, but, but again, even much more so in the legal field where it's not just even the pictures, but it's the, your, your meetings and your, and, and when you're in, in these, uh, gatherings with colleagues the continuous education that you're around them and it's what it's it's everything it's you're thinking about all parts of your it's, it's not just the it's not just your hair but it's your outfit and it's your it's, it's everything exactly um, yeah um, um that's what i that's the beauty of my law firm i think having my own law firm yeah is and you'll watch me because that's how i i communicate with my prospective clients with people that just want to understand uh, the immigration process is through videos. And sometimes you'll see me in, you know, in a casual outfit. I'm not in a suit all the time, um, but there is that judgment, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, what, what is she doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> wearing that. 
And that those are the kinds of the little things that I do to try to um, change that, you know, for mm. myself. And it feels so good to have control over that for myself. Yes. And I appreciate that concept you, you shared with us, which was the, the permission for imperfection. That's something yeah. that, that speaks, uh, speaks to me. And I think it speaks to a lot of people who are listening in. So, um, so, just a, so, so podcast listeners, um, it's, we want to give you permission to have your imperfections and to share those and to create safe spaces for you to yeah. be imperfect and to be open about it. Absolutely. Now, um, Sharifa, tell me what has been the best way to attract new clients to your law firm? I think every new law firm owner who, you know, starting out, that's the biggest question. How do I, how do I find clients? How do I keep clients? How do I keep them coming in? What has been the best way for you that you've discovered to, to bring new clients to your law firm? So I, uh, through video, through um, online media, I found that I, I provide services to um, the regular ordinary person, right? That want, they want to get through their process through family, through employment, through humanitarian ways. And so the, the best way that I've been able to spread that the word about my practice is through video, um, providing value, of course. That's very important. Not just, hi, I'm attorney, Sharif Atharp come on down to my office, but actually providing them genuine value uh, to let them understand, empower them. So a, a part of my mission is to empower immigrants, you know, even if they don't come to me immediately. Uh, and sometimes they may not even come to me, but they are able to get the information that they may need or they they. Uh, are a little more powerful and informed to make decisions just because they've learned something new through my videos. And that's something that um, clients, you know, clients and, and uh, potential clients have always said to me is that they always encourage me, keep doing what you're doing because I learned so much from you. And so that keeps me going. Mm, yes. And I, I, I want to highlight that because when your clients and potential clients are providing feedback, you kind of, okay, they're the people that you want to be adding value, to be delivering value to. And when any business owner is able to check the pulse of their clients and their clients are giving some direction and then you see a trend of that, hey, a lot of my clients command my videos. So it's, and it's something you've discovered. And I think you capturing it is, is it's powerful because one of the experiences you deliver is that personal touch as, as that immigration attorney. So for you to be able to capture that um, in a, in a focused manner, because a lot of your content is video. Is that right? Yes, exactly. It's mostly, mostly video. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And yes. you know, it, back to fear, right? Overcoming the fear because um, when you really meet me in person, I am a very intense person. <laughs> and a lot of my videos are, while I am being myself, I, I usually reserve that for private times with my family. And I think the videos really 
show how much I've grown and how much I've moved forward despite the fear. Because, um, you know, for, for example, dancing, no. You wouldn't catch me dancing before. <laughs> and now I am dancing on those videos and I really don't care how bad I look. As a matter of fact, it's very empowering to watch myself dancing without any rhythm and um, and getting the message out there at the same time, oh, right? Yeah. There's nothing more powerful than being able to dance in public when you know you can't dance because that means mm -hmm. that you really don't care about anything else but what you want and what you want to do in that moment, your happiness, your joy. And so, um, you know, it just, the videos, you know, every way that my firm has grown goes right back to overcoming that, uh, that fear. Yes. I love that. I love that. You know, even in, uh, with, with the legal profession, I know some, some attorneys who, 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 who have more of the, I would say the down to earth, the, the um, a spirit with their, uh, their digital content. Um, I know there's a fighting that culture, the culture of uh, the stoic reserve yeah. um, culture with it, with it that's, that's present in the legal, in the legal yeah. field um, mm -hmm. that, that you, you all, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're creating some new trends and, and you're creating this new cultural movements of exactly. what's, um, what's normal and, and what's acceptable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and it goes back. It's just my, my part in that whole change, that whole revolution. I do see other attorneys that are taking that same approach as well. And I really appreciate seeing that because mm -hmm. we, we do need to change the, the way that we connect, we connect. And, you know, I, it's a way that I've been able to connect with immigrants, right? And it's choosing a way that they it's very client-centered because it's it's what they relate to. I'm not servicing other attorneys. My job is to help immigrants and let them know that th I'm here to help them and give them that value. And so, uh, you know, by sitting down in a suit all the time and just speaking in legal jargon, I think sometimes can be frustrating for someone who is trying to connect or trying to find an attorney, mm -hmm. you know, it, being able to speak in plain language so that they understand can also empower them to make a decision as to whether you're the right person for them, yeah. you know? So I love that. I, I love that because, um, I know any business owner can I think can you use that principle you just taught which was sometimes we get caught up in trying to impress people or even impress our potential clients. And it's, it's, instead of impressing what you, what I'm gathering from what you're saying is the goal is to connect. Like how right. do we, what language, instead of the jargon that might impress them, but would also confuse them. Um, exactly. Why not use the language that they fully understand and grasp easily that actually yeah. helps them as opposed to using words that, that they wouldn't even understand anyway. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in the legal field, sometimes when you do that, it's really, um, it's looked down on, you know, like what, why are you speaking in that manner? But, um, you know, it just goes back to changing the culture and changing the way that we connect uh, as a, as a black immigrant uh, attorney, a daughter of immigrants, 
Um, that is important to me too, is not to necessarily like patronize someone with my legal jargon, but help them to relate and understand. Yes, relate and understand. I think those are two phenomenal goals to be delivering to your, to your client base. Now, um, talk to me about what is the, the best advice you received about being an owner of your law firm? Delegate. So um, I used to do it all, right? And that really uh, led to me struggling, struggling to grow, mm -hmm. struggling market, struggling to do the work uh, effectively. And so by delegating, getting a team behind me, not just, I'm just not a one-man show, that has helped me tremendously to find a good team and delegate. So, you know, people, I can be the lawyer and other people can help me to run the business. Mm. But for the most part, I can be the lawyer that does the work, that does the legal aspects, that is able to connect with my clients and everybody else just focuses on the parts that really I have no business dealing with. Mm, yes. Uh, it's great. It's great insight. I want to, I want to ask you a, a, um, a question about this because um, how do you, so you talked about fear early on, right? So the fear of there's fear everywhere, right? With, with, with what, you know, what a, a business owner is doing, but then to face the fear of having people on staff. That's another fear that business owners face, especially when they go from being the solo, like pure mm -hmm. solo, like they do everything, all the hats to bringing other people on. But of course, bringing people on the team means I'm responsible for salaries or salary if it's one person, multiple salaries if it's multiple people. Um, talk, talk to me about how, 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 how you navigated that, that fear if, 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 yeah. if, if it was relevant for you in uh, being yes, responsible it, for other people's salaries. Exactly. It is scary. Right. And um, I did have to overcome that. But one thing I did learn was that when you do take those actions, you're actually going to grow, you know, financially and in other ways. And so it was at the time I was just going off of faith. You know, I just heard it. So I, I follow other attorneys that, um, that they run mentorship programs. And so I really, even though I couldn't see it at the time, I really listened uh, to that advice. And, and no matter, so there are three attorneys that I follow. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and they run programs, right? And so there's uh, Ali Lozana, there's Rachel Rogers, and then there's Alison Williams and all three of them kept saying hire, you know, delegate, hire. And so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to run on faith and do exactly that. And it has paid off. It's very freeing because you get to a point where you don't enjoy what you're, you're doing anymore because you're wearing all the hats and you can't be good at just that one aspect of the business mm -hmm. and so you 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 know for me I even found myself like forgetting to pay myself and forgetting to um you know very important functions just because mm -hmm. I'm I mean just doing the legal work alone 
is very, uh, it takes focus and it's very strenuous, but then doing uh, other things like paying yourself, paying the bills, um, dealing with the phones, all of that, that um, you know, led to me being frustrated, being um, unable to enjoy family time, being able to balance. And so when I went ahead and took that advice, I actually um, thrived, you know, so it paid off. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to go off of faith. And so that's what I did. Oh, good, good, good. I know the um, business owners, are, you know, it, it, it's, it's such a topic that business owners hear it. They understand the concept, but there's often so much hesitation, fear, worry, doubt, insecurity about um, how quick they're going to make the investment back with the investment they're pouring into the people. And, and are they going to be able to turn that around quick enough? But, um, but I I appreciate you capturing that there's an element of just, I leapt out on faith. Yes. And uh, I knew the faith was rewarded. Yep. You, you, you really have to, you make the best judgments you can um, because yeah, you know, if you make bad decisions in regards to like, who's going to be a, a staff member that can actually lead in the opposite direction where you don't make any money. You know, so for for instance, rather than having a dedicated staff member, I had a call team that uh, answered, you know, a call center that answered the phones. And um, because they were not dedicated to the firm, they were not invested. I lost many um, potential clients because of that, you know. So it, it, in a way, it's kind of, it happened out of necessity. A lot, sometimes overcoming my fears have been driven by necessity. So even a business owner that's resisting it, resisting it, resisting it, it's going to come to a point where it's either break or do, you know? And so I was at that point where I'm like, it's not making any sense, you know, to go this route. I'm going to have to find a dedicated person. And it turned into from one dedicated person to two dedicated people. And that has worked out. You just have to make good judgments about who you're hiring, of course. That's great info. That's, that's some great insight. Yeah. Thank you for that, uh, Sharifa. That is, that is very helpful. Now, um, tell me, so when you look back, when you look back, but also when you think about the, the, these new attorneys who are coming into the profession, uh, what's the, the best advice you offer to the, the brand new attorney just out of law school? They're just starting their career. What, what advice do you offer them? So, you know, it's hard. When I, so when I first started uh, as an attorney, I, so, you know, I, my interest was immigration, but there was a point where I kind of ran away from immigration for a while, you know? So it was like, it was something that I connected to. I did pro bono immigration work, um, but I, for some reason, I'm like, no, I want to go explore other things. And so when I went through law school, I, well, before law school, I was working at a university. And when I, outgrew that position or started to outgrow the position, I really started to think again about law. And when I was started, I started to do research about 
um, other people's journey through uh, law school, because I, at the time I was like in my late twenties. So I wasn't your average college student going straight from college to law school. At the same time, I wanted to start a family. So, you know, those seemed like two conflicting things, right? Mm -hmm. And so I started to do a lot of research about um, moms that thrived, you know, in law school and thrived in their careers after mm -hmm. law school. With, And I kept on seeing the same thing over and over. It's like, oh, I um, went through law school. I got the summer associate position at the big law firm. And then I, uh, then you, you know, usually when you do summer associates, you get the offer and then you, uh, you become uh, an attorney at the law firm, mm -hmm. large law firm or medium size, and then you become partner eventually. So I started to adopt that kind of goal. I'm like, immigration, I'll do on the side, but I really want to pursue this because I thought that was like the picture of success. Yes. And, um, and so I went through law school when I left, I did a summer associate, achieved everything I wanted to achieve at the time, but ironically, went through all the summer associate positions, had my baby in the last, <laughs> in the last, um, let me see, the 10 days before I graduated, I had my son. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so it's like everything manifested the way that I planned it all. And then I got the position at a, a medium-sized law firm. But when I got there, right, I was so I wanted to do employment. I was very interested in that, uh, you know, and I got into corporate, corporate and securities. Hated it. Mm. Hated it, you know. And so I started to think uh, I started to realize that I was taking a path that wasn't really for me. You know, I. It's, it's not really what I had to get there to realize this really is not for me. But I, I struggled with that for a minute because it's like everything for the past couple of years that I adopted, you know, that that perspective of what success is. And I think I think many people who go into law school, that's what they think. They think the, the picture of success is you go to a large firm. Sorry. Uh, you go to a large law firm. Oh, I, yep. So you go to a large law firm, you, um, then you get the summer associate position, then you get the, the associate position, then you get the partner, but it's, it, success is not defined by that course of, of action, right. Um, or that course, that path, sure. um, you know, I think what you need to do is really evaluate what you're good at. And that's what I ran away from. I mm. ran away from what I was truly good at, good at, uh, at thinking, okay, I'll just adopt somebody else's viewpoint of what success is. Wow. So I started, of course, you know, I just uh, evaluated that. It took that much time just to evaluate. I'm not happy. Uh, in this type of uh, setting. I'm not happy with the area of law I'm in. And I want flexibility. I want free. Mm -hmm. So I want freedom. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, at the point that I, I decided I'm going to figure out another path for myself, 
that is when things started to change for me. You know, it was hard at first, but then um, it got to the point where I was, look where I am now. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I have control over my, my, um, my time. I have control over what I do, who I take on as clients, uh, the areas that I practice in. Uh, and so, you know, my advice, so bottom line, is my advice to to students, so law students going into a legal career is, um, you know, evaluate what you're good at. Don't, don't adopt the traditional perspective of success. You can charge your own path. And it will be a lot easier when you do that from the start rather than you know, trying to adopt somebody else's viewpoint of what success is as a lawyer. Wow. So, yeah. That is a phenomenal insight. And that that certainly applies to lawyers. And it's even bigger as well. It's a universal concept to not adopt somebody else's viewpoint of success. Because as you mentioned, you might find yourself on that path, that other viewpoint of success, and it's, it's not fulfilling and it's draining, and it's 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 not um, even you 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 brought up happiness. It's not even filling me up with happiness. Um, so uh, I think that's some great, phenomenal insight. Um, thank you for that insight. Um, so t- tell us. So you know, you we have we have the uh, listeners who are tuning in, um, Sharifa. Uh, if there was anything a listener can do to support you and your law firm, what would that be? So, you know, I do online media as a way to get information out there. It's all about empowerment and knowledge and being informed. And so just, uh, you know, to follow me, to share uh, videos would be a great support. Because when, uh, when you're doing that, you're, if you know somebody that needs help and you can share a video that uh, may provide them information, that can uh, make a world of difference, not only for my firm, but also for, for them. Mm, yes. All right, podcast listeners, you heard it from her. If you can share her video, one, it would be an expression of gratitude to her for being on the show, but it'd also be an expression of gratitude to me for you all tuning in. Um, so um, let's remind them, Sharifa, where they can find you, what are the social media channels, and what's the username that they could use to, to find you? So on Instagram, it's at the immigration attorney, all one word. So the immigration attorney. Uh, Also, I have a channel on YouTube. It's the immigration attorney, same thing. And on Facebook, it's ST Law Office. All right. Podcast listeners, you have three different ways to be able to share her content. Again, Again, do me a personal favor and go share some of her content. That would mean a whole lot. We want to ask her one final question before we wrap up the episode. And that question is, Sharifa, what are your favorite qualities of your favorite people? So uh, my favorite people are my family members. So, um, you know, my husband, he is, he has this laugh. He's very funny to me. (laughs) And and he has this boisterous laugh that sometimes when I'm, uh, you know, I'm going through a very intense day. It just causes me to join him um, in laughter. 
Uh, and then, you know, they're my parents. They've always been the motivation. You know, they've been motivational to me uh, in the way that they've lived their, their lives together. Um, there's my sister who is like me. She's ambitious. Uh, and so she has always, um, she and I have always uh, been able to relate. So when nobody else um, believed, she was always there behind me saying, keep going, you know. And then my sister, I have a little sister. Um, I mean, she wouldn't consider herself little, but <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm the big sister here. Mm -hmm. And um, for her, I, she has a big heart. You know, and of course, my son, my son, who is stubborn, mm -hmm. I appreciate that because I think uh, he's strong willed and that will make for a good leader in the future. So um, those are my favorite qualities. Uh, and then also, um, you know, co the colleagues that I, for example, the attorney that I uh, follow, that I think her message has made a big difference in my own practice. I really uh, like her quality of being just um, positive and fearless. Yeah. And she's Ali Lozano. But um, those are my favorite people right now. <laughs> All right. I love it. Positive, fearless, laughter, yeah. um, the belief in you, the strong-willed. And I know we had one more quality in there, but the bottom line we want to say to any of your favorite people, if they're listening to this part of the episode, we want to say um, you are clearly memorable in Sharifa's mind for her to think about you when she's considering her favorite people. So I just want to say well done, favorite people. Uh, and um, thank you for the impact you're, you're having in, in, uh, in Sharifa's journey. And thank you so much for, you know, helping me or, or bringing me on the show to share my story. I remember when I was looking at listening to um, shows, watching videos, reading blogs from other people who went through this journey. Mm. Um, and, and here I am sharing the same information to empower somebody else that may be considering um, the same profession that I'm in. So I hope I'm helpful there. Absolutely. There is such great insight for attorneys, for, uh, um, uh, students in law school, but also for people in general. I think you, you dropped some great, great um, information that people can use. And we always say this, if, if, if they apply the insight that Sharifa said today, we do believe that's going to help you to move forward in your success journey. Um, so so um, thank, thank you, Sharifa. I want to let the podcast listeners know this episode is sponsored by Strong Life Scholars, whose mission is advancing Latinas in high-end professions, education, and community impact to our precious listeners we want to say thank you once again for tuning in to another episode be sure to go over to the apple podcast app and give us the five-star review remember to subscribe and we'll connect with you on the next episode